After our, our last baptism here a few weeks ago, uh, a young mum came to me and said that her, her child sitting beside her had said, Mum, can we get a new baby? Um, I want to go to the front to get a Bible in, in church. Um, it's great to see a young one wanting to go to those sort of lengths uh, to get their hands on, on God's Word. Let's pray together. Lord, we, we, in our best moments, are hungry for your word to hear what it is that you would say to us. Lord, we pray that you'd come and satisfy us today. Teach us more of who you are, how you call us to live. In Jesus' name, amen. We had a week's break last week, but today we're back to the, the Ten Commandments with the, the Fifth Commandment. The first four form a subgroup within the ten um, because they are directly to do with how we relate to God. So God says to his people in those first four commandments, don't have any other gods before me, don't make an idol for yourself, don't misuse my name, and remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Four commandments all to do with how we relate to God. The remaining six commandments, uh, and that's beginning here today with the the fifth. In these last six commandments, God tells his people how they're to relate to one another. So the commandments, uh, just before we, we jump into the fifth, the commandments then are about loving God and loving other people. And that shouldn't surprise us really, because if you remember uh, the famous answer of Jesus when the, the lawyer tried to trip him up and ask him the question, which is the greatest commandment? Jesus quoted from Deuteronomy and Leviticus, and he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind. This is the first and greatest command. The second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus' answer is a summary of the Ten Commandments. Love God and love your neighbor. Any disciple of Jesus Christ will want to take seriously the Ten Commandments. Uh, I made a case for why the Ten Commandments are still important. I did that when we started our series. But, but I just want to remind you of that. The Ten Commandments are, are valid and, and helpful and important for us today. Let's get stuck in now to this fifth commandment. God tells his people to honor your father and your mother. Because I want to be sure that we get the most out of our time together here today, I want to, to point out how this might apply to three different groups of people. First of all, we need to think about what this command has to say to children and young people who are still under the authority of their parents. Second, we need to see what it says by implication to parents. And third, we need to think about what it might say to grown children uh, who, whose parents are, are still uh, with them in this world. So first of all, to children. When I was thinking this morning and tried to picture our congregation, I tried to imagine how many children and young people would be in for this part of the service. And I thought probably around about five. Um, I can see some of the guys sitting up in the, in the gallery there quite often some of the, we just, because of the recent history of our church, we don't have an awful lot of teenagers 
people who would be of the age old enough to be finished with Bible class uh, and to be with us here. For those small handful who are here, don't worry. I'm not going to spend the next 20 minutes hammering you while your parents watch in some sort of dodgy spectator sport. But very quickly, let me say what I think honoring your parents might mean for you. While you're at home, until you've reached adulthood and independence, honoring your parents will include obeying them. It'll mean doing what they ask you to do. It'll mean not doing the things that they ask you not to do. Honoring your parents will mean living under their authority. Sounds awful, doesn't it? If you're here, I'm going to guess that the majority of people who are here uh, that I'm talking to, if you're a teenager between 14 and 18, I just want to tell you, I can remember being your age, and I can remember how, as a kid, my parents had rules for us, this, that, and the other thing. But as I got further into my teens and closer to adulthood, I noticed that there seemed to be less and less rules. There were less and less times when my parents seemed to have to lay down the law uh, and say, you must do this and, and you mustn't do that. And before I knew it, much, much earlier than I expected, the day came when they stopped telling me what to do at all. It seemed to happen overnight, but it came much sooner than I expected. If you guys are struggling to obey your parents just now, I want to encourage you not to lose heart. You won't be expected to obey your parents in that way forever, and not even for much longer. Now that I've offered you that bit of perspective to say, don't panic, this is not forever, I do want to say again that your role now, for now, is to obey your parents. Now, I'm not going to try to get that over to you and and bully you into that by repeating it over and over again uh, for the next 15 minutes. I want you instead to learn by listening to what I'm going to say to your parents about why this is important. So we're on already to our second group. What does this commandment have to say to parents? Well, if children are to honor and obey their parents, then by implication, parents are to expect and to teach their children to obey them. To show why this is important, I think we need to look at the whole of the fifth commandment. If you have the text open there in front of you, Exodus chapter 20. It's not just a command, honor your father and mother, full stop. It says there, honor your father and mother that you may live long in the land the Lord your God's giving you. What's this promise got to do with the command? I used to think um, that the, the promise offered long life to people who did as they were told, basically. Do as your parents tell you and you'll live to a ripe old age. That, um, and of course, the more I think about that and even hear myself saying it, the less sense it makes. That's not how this verse works. Remember what's going on here. Back up for a minute from the, the actual fifth commandment and remember the context 
in which the commands were given. We thought about that a few weeks ago. These commands aren't given to any individual. They're given to the nation of Israel, newly formed. It was only three months earlier that God had rescued them dramatically and powerfully out of Egypt. He's bringing them now to a land flowing with milk and honey, a wonderful place that he's prepared for them. And on the way, he's telling them, here's how you should live if you want to enjoy life in that land. So God promised his people that they could live a life of blessing in God's land if they obeyed God. And here in in the fifth commandment, that's focused particularly on the notion of obeying their parents. If you obey your parents, you're going to enjoy the life in the land that I've prepared for you, particularly if your parents are the kind of people who've obeyed the first four commands, if they've made me the center of their lives. If they do that and you follow in their footsteps and and follow in their ways, then you too uh, will know this blessing. By implication, any other way of life will lead to chaos and conflict and destruction. If God's people reject God's rule and choose to live in some different way, then they will not live long in the land. And of course, if you know the history of Israel, that's exactly what happened. A time came when God, with a broken heart, removed them from the place of blessing that he had created for them and sent them into exile. So when we welcome God's rule, we, we live a life of blessing. When we reject God's rule, we live a life of chaos and judgment. That's why it's important to honor our parents. This is why the second table of commandments about our responsibility to fellow human beings begins right here. The family is the place where we learn to live under authority instead of living for ourselves. We often talk of our our kids as a gift from God, and I think any parent would want to affirm that, at least most of the, or some of the time, that our parents, our, our children are a gift from God. The truth is that every bit as much as a child is a gift to their parents, parents are a gift to their children. Parents are God's gift to children to teach them to live under authority. We learn to submit to authority instead of living for ourselves when we learn to submit to our parents. What does this mean in practice? I tried to, I tried to think, what is it I'm getting at here? What would that look like with me and, and the three kids I have at home? Well, it seems to me that as parents, we, we, we want to differentiate between telling our kids off for, for being kids, for <coughs> dropping and breaking things, for getting too giddy and too noisy and... Um, that's okay. That, that's what kids do. So it's okay for kids to break things and to be giddy and noisy, but it's not okay for our kids to disobey us. 
We must teach our children to submit to our authority. We mustn't let our children rule our homes. Because if we do, we teach them that they are kings of their own lives. And they're not. If we bring them up to believe that they're kings of their own lives, they're going to have a hard, hard fall when they spend more time outside the home and discover that they're not. And tragically, if we teach them that they're kings of their own lives, we make it harder for them to recognize the kingship of the king of kings and to live life in the place of blessing under the authority of King Jesus. I recently read a parenting book where the authors gave this advice. Let your child realize that they're not the center of the world. It's very easy, especially in the early years, for children to be all-consuming. So invest in your relationship as a husband and a wife. Not only does healthy parenting require a healthy marriage, this emphasis was also reinforced for your child that they're not the center of the world, not even your world. I think we have come to the point where we think the best thing that we can do for our kids is to make them the center of the world. The best thing we can do for our kids is to let them inhabit a world where God is at the center and they find their place in relation to him. So far we've learned from the fifth commandment that children are to obey their parents, that parents are to teach their children obedience. But I think this commandment has implications for a third group, and that is grown-up children, people who no longer need to obey their parents, but still want to to think about how to honor them. In a a book that he wrote about the Ten Commandments, J. John suggests five ways in which grown children can continue to honor their parents. He says, first of all, we need to accept them. Do you accept your parents? At no point are we, are we asked to pretend that they're perfect. At no point are we asked to, to pretend that they're always right. But we're to honor them. Despite their failings and their faults, for good or for ill, we're to remember that they're our parents. We must learn to accept them. Second, even if we find our parents difficult, we can appreciate them for the efforts that they made bringing us up. I'm ashamed to say that this never crossed my mind until I had children of my own. It was only a couple or three years into parenting. I was three years in with one or two children, I thought, goodness me, this is exhausting. This is killing me. And then I did the sums. There I was with my two children after about three years of parenting. My parents brought up five children. And from the birth of the first till the last one was 18 was a span of 30 years. I remember a conversation not long after that where I just simply thanked them. 
said, thank you for all you've done for me. Thirdly, we honor our parents by affirming them. And that means looking for ways that they need to be encouraged and supported and, and helped, particularly in later life. Tell them how grateful you are for all that they have done for you. Another way to affirm our parents, I think, is to involve them in our lives, not to write them off. Keep them involved in decisions that you're making. Ask them for their advice, even if you're 99.9% sure you'll ignore it. It's good to be heard, to still have a place in conversation. Practically, as our parents get older, we need to honor them by not abandoning them. Now, I appreciate that. I can only imagine the the stories here that I, I don't know much about. I appreciate that that it's a complex issue in the modern world to know how to, to care for aging parents, how to weigh that up with other responsibilities that we have. Let me just remind you that the New Testament does lay down a general principle, though a duty of care to the elderly and the vulnerable. Writing to Timothy, Paul says, If a widow has children or grandchildren... These should learn, first of all, to put their religion into practice by caring for their own family and so repaying their parents and grandparents. This is pleasing to God. It'll vary from one of us to the next, but, but this is the life God calls us to. A life of, of sacrificial care, yes, for our children, but also for our parents. I come now to the fifth of those practical suggestions. We've already mentioned one distinctive feature of the the fifth commandment, that it had a promise attached to it. But there's a second feature, which I had never noticed before until reading a bit for this. This is a command that doesn't last a lifetime. Most of us won't get to obey this right the way through our lives. J. John's fifth suggestion about honoring our parents, he says, act now. It's just over five years now since my mum died in February of 2006. And when she died, my opportunity, at least in relation to her, to, to live out the fifth commandment ended. And I have to tell you, because it's true, not because I I want to impress you with any level of thoughtfulness on my part, I did not do enough to appreciate and affirm my mother. So don't wait for a crisis. Reach out to your parents now while you still can. I want to close with some encouragement for all of us for the task that still lies ahead. If you're struggling with parenting, let me remind you that God understands that. 
sometimes I don't think we allow the, the biblical realities to really impress us. Often in the scriptures, God is described and, and self-designates himself as our heavenly father. Better than anyone else, he knows the heartache of trying to gather up children, trying to, to bring them in the right way, watching them struggle and fail and go off the rails. God understands this part of our, our lives. Maybe you're struggling with parents. Uh, you find that they're too interfering, that they're they just don't understand you. Jesus knew that feeling too. I was reminded of a, a sort of a throwaway story early in Mark's gospel. One day Jesus was out doing his, his preaching ministry in the early days and his family came because they thought he was crazy. They came to shut him down, to get him offside. So he, here you have Jesus, God among us, going on, on a mission to, to reach the world and his very family are like, no way. You've got it all wrong. They didn't understand him. They didn't support him. Jesus Christ knows what it is to be misunderstood by our families. Whenever we try to keep these Ten Commandments that we've been learning about, never, ever let us take our eyes off Jesus because he's the one who kept them fully and finally. I was trying to think of the biggest moment of, of obedience to his parents of Jesus, and I, I was brought to the Garden of Gethsemane, to that moment when every, every part of his body railed against obedience to what he thought and knew his father wanted. And he said in the end, not my will, but yours be done. Folks, Jesus gets this. Because he lived among us, he understands our struggles. Because he went to the cross for us, our, our sins, our, our frailties, our, our fallenness in this area too are forgiven. And because he rose and his spirit's here, he ha has a power for us to go back to our families this week to live for him. To honor our fathers and our mothers. To enjoy a good life in the land he's created for us. Let's pray. Father God, our family life for many of us stands before us as a tragic wreck of brokenness. Among the blessings and the goodness, there's so much that's gone wrong and so much that we have got wrong. Thank you for your grace and your kindness and your mercy that you see all of that and you love us still. Lord, help us now to, to receive from you this life-giving word that you want to give, this encouragement 
to honor our parents, to, to bring our children under our authority, to, to create healthy and, and strong families where we're not we and not our children, not our parents, but you are at the center and all find their place in relation to you. Lord, we need your help. And so we ask for it. In Jesus' name, amen.